I love to go fishing, as many of you already know, I love to go fishing. Uh, several years ago, my brother-in-law and I went fishing in a lake called Dogwood Lake. It's in Mississippi. Uh, we went there, and uh, it was that time of year where a specific brand of fish called shell crackers, it's a perch or a brim sunfish type fish, but uh, they're big slabs of of, of wonderful fighting goodness. And, and so we went to fish for some shell crackers and we, uh, we got in the boat. We uh, made our way, motored around the lake until we got to a place, a submerged uh, underbrush, brush pile. We got to that place because that's where we thought they would be. And sure enough, we started throwing our lines in and we started catching fish almost immediately. We motored up, we set our anchor, we got out our, our uh, fly rods and our fishing poles and we started fishing for those shell crackers. We started catching them one right after the other. Uh, Eddie would catch one, I would catch one, bring it into the boat. I would catch one, Eddie would catch one, bring it in the boat. And it was a very frenetic kind of pace. It was wonderful, it was awesome. Uh, but then a breeze picked up and we noticed that uh, the fishing kind of cooled down a little bit. And what had happened is when the wind began to blow, uh, the anchor uh, that we had dropped did not hold on anything and we drifted off that brush pile. And so we drifted down wind to the brush pile, and that's not where the fishing was. So we uh, lifted up the anchor, we went back to the brush pile, we dropped the anchor, uh, and we began to fish. And, and sure enough, that, that uh, spot was still hot, and we were still catching fish, but again, the wind began to blow, and the anchor did not have anything to hold on to, and we began to drift off the brush pile. Uh, it's, it, it was... The goal for us was to catch fish. The way we were going to catch fish uh, and have hope for catching fish was to be at that brush pile. The only way we could stay on that brush pile was if the anchor was attached to something at the bottom of that lake. It needed to find something to hold on to. Uh, in days like today, in seasons like we're facing, uh, we need an anchor that attaches to something that will hold us uh, safe and secure in days like this. Uh, someone has said that hope is the anchor of the soul. I believe that to be true, but what happens if your anchor isn't attached to something that is stable, something that is strong, something that holds you in place? Now, that's what the psalmist touches on today for us in Psalm chapter 1, we're, move, we're starting a series today called From Here to Hope. And in Psalm 1, we're picking up this idea that there is an anchor of hope uh, that gives comfort and security to our soul, but that anchor must be attached to something. Now, let's look together. Psalm chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The psalmist says, blessed is the person... And then verse 1, he says, this is what you're not supposed to do. So blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But blessed is the person, verse 2, this is what you're supposed to do. Blessed is the person who delights himself in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water 
uh, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Verse 4, the ungodly are not like that. They're not like a tree planted by the rivers of water. The ungodly are not so, uh, but they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Verse 6, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. What uh, the psalmist does is he's telling us that there is hope for us, um, and we can attach that hope to something that will sustain us, that will continue to give us hope. The psalmist is talking to us in these days, and in this day and time, if we're anchoring our hope uh, on the decisions of people who've never walked through a pandemic before, that, uh, then our boat is going to drift. If we're anchoring our hope in our own ability to prognosticate tomorrow, then our hope will drift. If we're anchoring our hope in anything, our emotions, our feelings, even our relationships, that, that, that hope is going to drift. But when we anchor our hope to the bedrock of God's blessing, then we will find security and safety and joy in the midst of any circumstance and any situation that we face. Uh, when the psalmist begins this song of praise, in fact, it's the introductory psalm for the entire 150 psalms, he begins with this word, blessed. Blessed. What a beautiful word for us to take hold of today. In fact, it is that word that gives us security and joy. It is a picture of a person who is walking in the fullness of joy no matter the circumstances that we face. Blessed. Now, in order to take hold of blessed, we need to combat, combat the difficulties that come our way. When the psalmist is describing the tree uh, uh, that, that's planted by the rivers of water, he also spells out some dangers for that tree. When he says, whose leaf also shall not wither. Now, that is a picture, I think, of what happens to us in the circumstances of life. You and I are facing circumstances. It doesn't have to be during COVID-19. It can be any day, every day that we live. We're facing difficulties. We're facing external circumstances or uh, personal forces that are uh, robbing us of life-giving hope. Uh, that that what causes a leaf to wither? Well, in the Palestinian climate, semi-tropical climate, um, the, what causes, causes a leaf to wither is uh, heat and drought. Uh, what causes the leaf to shrink is heat and drought. And the same thing's true for you and me as we walk through this life. We face life's hot heat and disastrous, despairing drought that can rob us of hope. So we need to combat that withering, wilting, drifting hope that can be so common to us when we attach the anchor of our hope to something that shifts. We live in shifting days that can lead us to a withering hope But what 
the psalmist tells us is that there is a bedrock to which we can link our hope that will never shift. That bedrock is blessing, the very blessing of God. Now, make no mistake, he's talking about God blessing his people. And he paints the picture of that blessing through this tree in verse 3. He says, uh, you'll be, if, if you're, the blessed person is going to be, uh, going to look like this. You're going to be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. A tree planted by a life-giving water source. And no, amount, uh, no matter the amount of hot heat or uh, despairing drought, uh, that tree is sustained by the life-giving water source uh, that is available to it. When we are living anchored to the blessing of God, then we are planted by the life-giving source of God's great grace. His blessing feeds our soul so that we experience the full measure of joy even when the sun is beating down on us and the rain isn't falling, we still have life-giving nourishment for our soul. We have joy. We're planted. And while we're planted, we're also productive. It, it is a leaf that brings forth a tree that brings forth its fruit in its season. It is productive. And the last phrase in verse 3, whatever he does shall prosper. The psalmist says, hey, listen, when you are planted um, and you sink your roots down into the nourishment of God's great grace, when your hope is anchored to the blessing, here's what you've got. You're planted and no amount of heat, no amount of drought is going to rob you of the nourishment that God's grace provides uh, through this stream of living water. So that you are productive. You are living a life that is fulfilled and fruitful uh, in the things that matter most to you and to me, but mostly to God. Uh, and, and you are fruitful. You are productive. You're planted. You're productive. But also, you are protected, whose leaf also shall not wither. The blessed life looks like this. You're planted by a life-giving source of God's grace that blesses you. That's the bedrock of blessing. And the bedrock of blessing provides productivity in the details of our everyday life, in, in our relationships, in our finances, in our uh, circumstances, at our work, at home. We are productive in the things that matter most to God, and we are protected, even though the life's hot heat and disastrous, despairing drought is beating down on us, even though the circumstances stink, we are still not withering because our, our, our hope is anchored to the, hope, uh, to the bedrock of God's blessing. Today, if you're going to have hope in uh, every season of life, if you're going to have hope in, in every circumstance of life, if you're going to have hope today, then you must anchor your hope in the bedrock of God's blessing. And you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Isn't that the kind of life that you want? Certainly the kind of life that I want. It's the kind of relationships I want. It's the kind of uh, work I want, I want that kind of life, the blessed life. 
But if we're going to take hold of the blessed life, if we're going to anchor our hope on the bedrock of God's blessing, if we're going to have fulfilling joy in our life, blessed, we're going to have fulfilling joy in our life, regardless what happens around us, then we need to take hold of this blessing. Now, God has made the blessing available. Now, that's uh, certainly true because the psalmist said so. This is the kind of life you and I can experience. But friends, God did not write the, the, uh, the, the, psalm, uh, the psalms uh, so that they could merely be a meme that we use on social media. Uh, he's not saying, oh, this is just something that is available. No matter what you do, no matter how you live, this is just something available to everybody. No, that's not the way he pictures it. In fact, uh, verse 6 says that God knows the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the ungodly are not going to stand. Uh, he, he's saying there is a pattern of life, a way of life that we must take hold of if we're going to anchor hope in the bedrock of his blessing. So what does it look like? How do we anchor our hope in the bedrock of God's blessing? Well, let's return to the image of the tree. The blessed person doesn't do what verse 1 says, does what verse 2 says, and this is what you're going to look like. You're going to be like a tree. Now, here's the phrase, planted by rivers of water. Now, the imagery there of being planted is the imagery of a tree that, that finds its nourishment, the nourishment for, from its soul, from an underground water source that provides life and nutrient, hope, even in the hottest heat and the most disastrous despairing drought. So how do we get planted in that wondrous provision that God makes available? How do we sink our roots in the soil uh, of the rivers of living water. The answer is that if we're going to taste the blessing, we must first come to Jesus by faith. I I just want you to hear this and please hear my heart. Uh, God loves you, but he loves you in such a way that he wants you to be rescued from the despair of sin and brought into his family. And the only way that you and I can receive the blessings of his grace, be brought into his family, sink our roots into the soil of his promise and, and find nourishment for our soul from the stream of living water is through faith in Jesus. The stream of living water is a picture of Jesus Christ himself. We hear this in John chapter 7. In John chapter 7, Jesus was teaching his followers, and here's what he said. John chapter 7, beginning verse 37 and verse 38. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said... Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see the connection there? Jesus said, if you want the rivers of living water to nourish your soul, then you must first come to Jesus by faith. You must come to him and acknowledge that you are separated from God by your sin. 
this is for all of us. All of us have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And the only way that we can attach the line of our hope, the anchor of our hope to the bedrock of blessing is first connecting to Jesus. Uh, he's the provision of God's rescue for a sinner separated from him by our sin. Jesus is the only way for you and me to know hope. That's why Peter said that Jesus, God has provided a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The only way we can take hold of hope is first by taking hold of Jesus. And friends, if you don't know Jesus, then you will never know a hope that remains secure and strong. You'll never attach your hope to the blessings of God or God himself. In order for us to experience the blessing of life, we need to know the God who offers that blessing in life. And the only way we can know the God who offers the blessing of life is through faith in Jesus Christ. We need to repent and turn from our sin, a way of life that is distanced from God and separate from God and independent of God, and see that Jesus and his death on the cross is the only hope that we have for forgiveness for our sin to be brought into the family of God. If today you are far from God because of your sin, you have never experienced the grace of God, the blessing of God's grace brought to you through faith in Jesus Christ, that's the first step. We will not know hope not a hope that secures us in life's hottest heat, in the face of despairing, disastrous drought. The only way we can know hope that nourishes our soul with the blessing of God is by faith in Jesus Christ. So friends, the very first step that we must take in order to take hold of, of the blessing of God is by placing our faith in Jesus and through faith in Jesus Christ, we receive the grace of God that brings us into the family of God. We can be made whole. We can receive new life. Everything about my life changed when I placed my faith in Jesus. There was this moment where I crossed this line of faith where I was once blind, but now I see. And, and, and I once saw everything in the pale gloom and doom of life that was under my control. But when I placed my faith in Jesus, then I saw the brilliant display and the beautiful colors of a life under God's control. Everything changed. I was once not part of God's promises, but then I became part of God's promises by being part of his family all through faith in Jesus Christ. And that is true for every person who is within the sound of my voice. If you have not crossed that line of faith to become a follower of Jesus, then you are living under the guise of a hope that will never stick. It, it, it's, it's like cotton candy. It, it, it can't satisfy you. It, it will not produce fulfilling joy in your life. But if you come to Jesus by faith, then you will taste the full measure of a blessed life because you've been brought into God's family, forgiven your sin, given a new life, given a new name, you, you are forgiven. You are set free. 
no longer condemned, you are now part of God's family under the umbrella of His love. If we're going to anchor our hope to the bedrock of God's blessing and we don't drift off of it, we can stand the face of life's hot heat and despairing, disastrous drought, it's because we first come to Jesus by faith. The psalmist then goes on. So that's the work of God. That's what God has done for us. He's provided a way for us to be brought into his family where we can sink the roots of our soul into the soil of his grace and find our nourishment from Jesus, that river of living water, every single day so that our leaf will not wither. Our hope doesn't drift. It's anchored in the bedrock of God's blessing. Now, that's what God has done for us. Now, the psalmist tells us, okay, now that's what God does for us through Christ. Now, what must we do? How do we anchor our hope to the bedrock of God's blessing as a follower of Jesus Christ? What is it that you and I need to do in order uh, to live in the blessing that God has made available and provided through Christ? Well, we anchor our hope in the bedrock of God's blessing first when we come to Jesus by faith and then second when we follow God's will. Look at verse 2. The psalmist says, Blessed is the person who, verse 2, delights himself in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. Two verbs there, delight and meditate. To delight means that I make this my passion, to know God's will. To meditate means that I share uh, and, and, and repeatedly, over and over again, day and night, I share God's will with myself and with anyone else who will hear me. If I'm going to anchor my hope in the bedrock of God's blessing then as a follower of Jesus Christ, I must follow God's will. To follow God's will means that I delight in His Word. I I understand that the Bible is God's will in written form, and I take God's Word and I apply it to my life empowered by the Spirit of God, I might see how to live in the, uh, and navigate through the uncertainties of days like today in the difficulties of everyday life, in the, in, in the downturns of economies, in the, in the upturns of hostility. I can stand firm because I'm following God's will. His, his word, His will is the passion of my life. It's the business of my life. I wake up in the morning, I want to know what God God has to say to me today. And so I open his word and I talk with him in prayer and he speaks to me through his word by his spirit and he shows me the steps that I need to take. When I come to God, submitted to his will, then his word becomes the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. Friends, if you want to anchor hope in the blessings of God, if you want to live your life being blessed by God, even in the face of difficult times and uncertain circumstances, then we must commit ourselves to follow after God's will, to delight in God's will. But also, the psalmist says, he meditates on God's 
uh, on God's law day and night. Now, God's law is God's instruction for living. It's his truth for daily life. It's, it's what we find from Genesis to Revelation. That's, that's God's word, God's law. So if we're going to meditate on God's word day and night, then we're going to read God's word. We're going to repeat God's word uh, to ourselves every day. But in this context, it's also a picture of repeating God's word to one another. Can, can I just take an aside? I know that uh, especially for uh, those who are perhaps single, uh, these days of isolation, if you're, if you're living uh, not, not in a married relationship, or uh, it can be tough. There, there are temptations of that alone time that can be very challenging. But can I tell you this? One of the things that God has done is he's given you uh, friends who are followers of Jesus who can repeat God's word, his will to you and you to them. It's not just me saying God's word to myself. And by the way, I mumble God's word to myself all the time. I'm, I'm always reminding myself about God's promise and his purpose found in his word. But there's an accountability function that takes place in the community of believers. And whether it's online by Zoom or uh, uh, Google Hangouts or whether it's uh, your roommates, uh, you need to repeat what God's Word says to one another. You need to encourage one another and hold one another accountable, accountable, especially during these days of isolation. Why? Because the only way we can experience blessing in life is when we're anchored uh, to God's will. When we're following after God's will. Now, Jesus has rescued you from sins embracing. He's brought you into the family of God. You've come to Jesus by faith. And so, in order to continue to be connected to the blessing that God's grace has provided through Christ, you must follow after God's will. Uh, you delight in God's will. It's the business of your every day. You, you take God's word, you study it, you, you memorize it, you embrace it, you eat it, you drink it, you, 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 you meditate on it, you mumble it to yourself day and night, you mumble it to each other day and night, you help each other, and, and God's word takes on a powerful function. It is a living and powerful thing that God has given us that cuts to the very depths of our soul and shows us God's will and empowers us to live by God's will. God's word is that, that uh, love letter that God has written to us to show us how to live in everyday life. And it does. It shows us how to live. Uh, so as we desire to find hope, even in difficult days, we must anchor our hope in the blessings of God by following God's will revealed in his word, we delight and we meditate on God's instruction to us for everyday life. Well, there's also the third aspect, and that's found in verse 1. So, uh, verse 2 tells us uh, what we must do in order to experience the blessed life and be a tree planted by the rivers of water. Um, be, find find productivity and protection in everyday life, regardless of circumstances. Uh, verse 1 tells us what we shouldn't do, what we must avoid. Uh, again, look at verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, what's, 
what, what, what's this third step of, of, of anchoring our hope to the bedrock of God's blessing? We need to reject hopeless and, and uh, hopeless thinking and living. We've got to reject hopeless thinking and living. Verse 1 is a progression, and you can see it. It's, it's uh, walking, standing, and sitting. This progression shows us what happens to us when we're listening to the wrong voices. Uh, when we're walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, the ungodly, people that don't care about God, don't care about His will, they're not following after Him. We're walking in the path that they walk. Then we stand in the path of sinners. Now, a sinner is, is uh, and to make your stand in the path of sinners is take up their banner. It's where you decide, well, I'm not going to do things God's way. I'm going to do things my way. And then we sit in the seat of the scoffer, and that's the person that has so embraced a lifestyle that is contrary to what God says that they become an advocate for it. So this progression is a picture of what happens to us. When we listen to the wrong voices, we're going to make bad choices, and we're going to end up in toxic places. That is what we must reject. But if we listen to the right voice, God's voice, then we're going to make the right choices every day, and we're going to end up in beautiful, flourishing, God-blessed places. But there's a tug of war that's at work in each of us every day. Uh, Edie and I sometimes have a tug of war with our uh, sheets at night. Not, not intentionally. She'll be asleep and I'll be asleep, uh, but she'll want the comfort of more uh, covers and I'll want the comfort of more covers and she'll fight for hers and then I'll fight for mine and, and, and it becomes a tug of war at times. In a similar way, but with more evil intent, there's a tug of war that is at work inside my heart and yours as followers of Jesus. And there are people around us and there are voices around us and even in our own heads that can tell us it doesn't really matter what God says, just live life any way you want to. It doesn't matter if God says this relationship is out of bounds for you, go ahead and pursue it. It doesn't matter if God says this uh, way of thinking is out of bounds for you, go ahead and pursue it. Your emotions, your will, your friends, they can all say, just live life the way you want to. And that's a tug. But then we have Psalm 1. And Psalm 1 says that if you live life God's way, then you'll experience a flourishing life. But if you live life that's not God's way, you're going to end up in a disastrous place. And so inside of us as followers of Christ, the Spirit of God takes God's Word and shows us the way we should live, the things we should do, the, the, the decisions we should make. God's Word gives us that step by step. That's God's way. And then our emotions or our relationships or our own voices say, well, no, do life this way. So we have life my way or life God's way, and it becomes a tug of war for us. If we want to anchor our hope in the bedrock of God's blessing, then God's way must win every single time. 
When we choose to live life God's way, when we listen to His voice, we'll make the right choice and we'll end up in flourishing, beautiful places. We'll have hope even when life's hot heat and disastrous, despairing drought comes raining down on us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, one of those passages that I mutter to myself, I meditate on, and, and it's a favorite verse for uh, Christian uh, living. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, casting all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. Now, we love verse 7, don't you? I mean, you love verse 7. I love verse 7. Cast all your cares on him. He cares for you. What a beautiful picture of God's heart. God cares for me. God cares for you. And that's true. That's the blessing. But what happens is we just lean into the blessing and we start casting all our cares on God. God, this is my care. And God, this is my anxiety. And God, this is my fear. And this is my uncertainty. I'm casting all my cares upon you. And I'm casting all my cares upon you. And God, you're not responding. You're not taking away my anxiety. You're not taking away my fear. I'm still drifting. The white hot heat of life is burning down on me. I'm wilting. God, don't you care? And the problem is not with God. The problem is with us. We've forgotten the first part of that sentence. We're casting our cares without humbling ourselves under his mighty hand. Friends, if we want to experience the blessing of God, if we want to live in hope today and every day, surrounded by the full flavor of joy because we're living in the grace of God's blessing, we must not just cast our cares upon him, but we begin by humbling ourselves under his mighty hand. We submit to his will. We submit to his word. We submit to his direction found in his truth for daily living. And when we submit to him, then we cast our cares on him. And in that posture of submission and obedience to his word, we cast our cares upon him and immediately he picks up our cares and he chases away our anxiety and fears and he takes ownership for what is robbing us of hope. Today, my prayer for us is that we would move from here to hope, but how do we do it? If you're a follower of Jesus, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we humble ourselves before God. We submit to His will. We reject the lifeless and hopeless voices and thinking that we will hear around us. We don't follow the wrong voice and make the wrong choice and end up in toxic places. But we submit ourselves to the will of God, to the Word of God, being obedient to Him in every way, and we listen to the right voice, and we make the right choice, and we end up in places that are characterized by blessing and hope. We can move from here to hope when we humble ourselves before God and live life His way. But there are some of you uh, here this morning, and you're not yet a follower of Jesus. You haven't yet experienced the transaction of God's grace, whereby Jesus takes punishment for your sin to provide forgiveness for you. You haven't received that gift as your very own yet. So today, if you're going to anchor hope in the bedrock of God's blessing, then 
You need to come to Jesus by faith. And maybe that's what God is working in your heart this morning. He is leading you, calling you to come to Jesus by faith. If that is your heart's cry, I want to encourage you uh, right now in the room where you are, everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes. And if your heart's desire is to cross that line of faith, to become a follower of Jesus, to come to Jesus by faith and, and, and sink the roots of your life in the soil of God's grace and drink from the river of living water. If you want to come to faith in Christ, then I invite you to call upon God and ask that what Jesus did on the cross be applied to your account so that you might find forgiveness and new life through faith in Him. There's nothing magical about the words I'm about to pray, but if, if your heart's desire is to become a follower of Jesus and sink your roots into the soil of God's grace and find the nourishment for your soul from the river of living water who is Jesus Christ, then I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that my sin has separated me from you. And there's nothing I can do to fix my sin problem. I can't be religious enough or moral enough or good enough or smart enough. But God, you have provided forgiveness for my sin through Jesus Christ. You sent Jesus who is fully God and fully man. You sent Jesus to die for my sin upon a cross. To take my place of punishment. To provide forgiveness for me through his death. And provide a new life for me, a new life characterized by your blessing and hope through his resurrection from the dead. So God, today I believe that Jesus is your son, that he died for my sin on a cross in my place, that he was raised from the dead to give me new life. I believe my only hope is Jesus. So today... I pray, oh God, that you would apply what Jesus did to my account and that you would forgive me forever and give me a new life. Thank you, oh God, for forgiving my sin through Jesus. Thank you for making me brand new. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer then I invite you to text Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, -S, text Jesus to the number on the screen, or you can email pastor at firstnorfolk.org. And we'll be in touch with you, and we'll help you in your next steps as a follower of Jesus Christ. Today, my prayer for us is that we would move from here to hope by anchoring our hope in the bedrock of God's blessing. It's my prayer that today, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you would humble yourself under God's mighty hand so that you can cast your cares upon him, that you would walk in the blessing by being obedient to his will and to his word.